0: My name's Kate, and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, and you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Hi, guys. Hello. My name's Kate, and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Are we feeling okay? Feeling not so okay? Um, Well, regardless of how you're feeling, we'll do our usual deep breath in. So we'll do a four count in and then we'll hold and then we'll do a four count out. So we'll do our four count in now. And then we'll exhale. Nice, well, welcome to today. Oh my gosh, it's April. We're recording right now in April. Which is crazy. I feel like I say that every episode. I'm like, because I record in advance. So when I listen to them back, I'm like talking about March. And I'm like, well, it's literally April now. So it is April. And 2023 is moving along. I can't believe it's almost summer. I'm almost a graduate. Craziness. Um, but yeah, so a lot of good, exciting things happening on my end, but I have a wonderful new guest on the show with me today. Uh, they are a self-relationship coach. They're queer. Uh, they host their own podcast, bitches, witches, and queers, and they're happy to be here. Uh, welcome to the show, Christina. How are you?
1: I'm happy to be here. <gasps>
0: it's <live. laughs> some people use my tagline. How
1: are you? <laughs> I'm good. I've been thinking about the title of your podcast. All all morning, and I really love the, I mean, with all the shit going on in the world, it feels like a really beautiful thing to think about. I don't know if you've seen the movie um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, I have. Um, but uh, in it, the mom chooses that universe. She says, like, there's there's no other place I would be, even though I was better in all of those worlds, because I want to be here. And that that is exactly what I think of when I think of the title of your podcast, I'm happy to be here because of the people that I get to know here.
0: Wow, that's like so cool that you made that little connection from one of like the best movies to my show, and I love that because I agree. I think I I started this podcast when I was kind of in like a darker place in my life, and my Twitter handle for for like years was just like happy to be here, because um, I didn't want jobs to find me (laughs) online so i changed because i just would kind of say that sometimes like hey i'm just like happy to be here you know and I i feel i still feel that way today like you know i you know you go through some stuff and things happen to you but ultimately like happy to be alive happy to be breathing and happy like you said to be with the people that i care about so
1: yeah yeah there's no other there's no other like world in which we exist with these people it's not possible so that's like such a unique experience to get to be alive with the people we get to connect with yeah right here
0: i think that's a really good point and i also think too uh in your work you talk about like self relationships so you know relationships with other people are super important but also the relationship with yourself so would you mind like kind of explaining uh what a self-relationship is
1: yeah absolutely so I mean, my, my perspective on all of this comes back to late-stage capitalism and patriarchy and the way that we're taught to dominate our systems and our bodies to push product productivity and, um, I always get this wrong, quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really trying to just produce, produce, produce. And for the sake of the person who's above us in this hierarchical system, So we're always like taught from a very young age, serve others, serve the people who are above you and put yourself underneath, mind over matter, put your body into submission. So a lot of us have been taught to disconnect from our bodies, our physical needs and ourselves, emotional desires, et cetera, in order to get ahead in this system. So I focus on self-relationship because I feel like the, the body is a place where um, where liberation happens and I believe it's um Sonia Renee Taylor who says that and Bell Hooks also speaks about th- this but there's just like it's the place where oppression has happened mm-hmm. and it's also because of that the place where re- liberation takes place and I think it's essential especially in my own experience in my own journey to like give to begin to give a voice and space for our body to be able to to speak with us and have relationship with us, so that we can then not be at war with ourselves and create that internal safety so we can do something different. Um, because our our internal systems are actually really loud and we work really hard to, to tamp them down. Um, I feel like it doesn't take near as much because they're usually ready to say something when we listen
0: yeah i think those are all really good points i had on someone like a few months ago laura hartley who also talked about capitalism and listening to our bodies and just like feeling how your body feels sometimes instead of just like you said pushing through this narrative of like go 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 and i think that's really important especially with today which is like the emphasis on that you always need to be doing something and like creating something so i think that's a really powerful thing to focus on especially with you know all that's going on and you mentioned too some really great authors who also i think care about the self as well so i think it's really cool
1: yeah it's i it's so it's so critical like the the um there's a lot of there are a lot of people who are working on this and i feel like rather than it being a new frontier it's a returning back to ancient wisdom that like exists in our dna because it's what Mm. we were born with it's our birthright and it's it's so easy to get distracted from that and it also creates it creates space when we allow it and creates space for other people to see what's possible
0: yeah i think that's a really good thing to think about too um i think for me too i haven't always prioritized myself and I feel like it shows after some point, like like your body and your mind just kind of starts to shut down when you just kind of keep like pushing past your boundaries and pushing past like your own limits. So like for you, how did you kind of cultivate like this self relationship with yourself? Like, was it hard for you to do that and prioritize yourself? Is, is hard. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I think
1: with like within how we exist, In the world that we exist in this is an ongoing thing that we'll continue to confront and continue to have to like bring ourselves back so at least that's been my experience because um because for me like the way that i was raised i was raised in radical religious communities and we were taught like overtly not just subvertly that our bodies were dangerous and evil and sinful excuse me so it was like it was very like very strong teaching and understanding that I was to remain separate from my body. The flesh, quote unquote, was evil, like that kind of rhetoric and language. So for me, coming back into relationship with myself has come through dance and actually finding a way of finding pleasure and connection with the way that I moved and my way of being and how it felt to me. So I began to connect to my senses and pay attention to them. And that got louder over time. That being said, it's not, it's not always easy to remember. I've had to create rituals in my life where I'm t- taking the time every day to check in with myself multiple times throughout the day, just through, um, through meditation, I've learned to notice when I'm tensing certain parts of my body mm-hmm. and just consciously relax. And I do that countless times a day, but at first it was only like once every couple of days that I would remember Mm. It's just something that like because because our whole society wants us to be distracted, it takes a lot of intention to pay attention to something. And I also have ADHD, so there's like that level of like and it's harder. Mm-hmm. Um but it's but it's totally possible to create a practice of paying attention and being with yourself. But there there's layers to it cuz not only are we distracted, by our culture and society but we're also taught that it's maybe not the best to pay attention or to prioritize yourself and um so there's that there's that like mindset block in there a little bit and those stories um that we're also confronting in that or er- that I have and we <laughs> um there was one other thing I was going to say and I
0: can't think of it right now that's okay i think again all really good points i was uh thinking too before we recorded about how much emphasis is placed on like romantic relationships and not really in the relationship with yourself and i feel like we just become so separated from ourselves like you said with culture and i like what you said about the thing needing always to be distracted or to be entertained and I even feel like with like TikTok, which we were talking about right before we recorded, I feel like my attention span is just like garbage now because I'm just like constantly needing to like see, you know, and like scroll and to entertain. And I can like put my phone away and stuff, but like some people can't. And I think the way our culture is moving, it's harder to like put the phone down and like reconnect with ourselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually like to think of, of our relationship with ourselves or my relationship with myself as multiple different ways throughout Mm. like my practice of getting to know me. So there's like, there's the inner kid part of me, which I know a lot of people do inner child work. Um, so there, there is that aspect when, when I'm hurt, I tend to interact with myself as a child. Mm. Um, when I'm, um, wanting to spend time with myself and I'm distracted I think of myself as a romantic partner because because think about it like if your partner is on the phone when you're having dinner Mm -hmm. like it's annoying right (laughs) but it's you that you're doing that too so there's there's this like different way of like oh like I'm going to actually set aside time because this is what I would do and how I would want to be treated and I'm going to like five minutes can I do five minutes you know whatever whatever feels like doable and a little bit stretchy for you yeah doing doing that because and also like when you're first getting to know yourself I actually had a had a mini series for a hot minute called uh date me and <laughs> the first part was like um everyone enters a relationship in a different way right like some people find a way in through humor And they're like laughing at something. Some people find their way through like a serious conversation or they're volunteering together or like other people find that they like to enjoy doing the same activity together. So joy, humor, like everyone enters that relationship in a different way. The the purpose is you you need to access it the way that it feels accessible to you. Mm. So if joy feels really vulnerable to you, I wouldn't suggest like starting this relationship by trying to do something joyful if that feels too vulnerable go in it a way that you're just like, oh, we actually have access. It doesn't feel too triggering to invest in this part and then expand from there because you're getting back in touch with a relationship you have a lot of baggage with because you have been with yourself your entire life. And if part of you, parts of you you've been ignoring, those parts need extra tending to and care. So yeah, there is a lot of like analogies around like, a romantic relationship
0: yeah that's really interesting I never uh thought about approaching the self from like different aspects but I mean like we're complex humans so like that makes total sense to me um and I also really liked what you said about like going like approaching yourself through like different emotions that you're comfortable with at first because um me and my therapist she's really into meditation as well and she recommended it to me and i still want to get into it but i was doing these like really intense emotional guided meditations and i was like not ready for them and so like i was just like very very emotional doing them and i came back to our session, I was like, yeah, so I'm kind of like scared to like do these meditations. And she was like, you know, why don't we just do breath work? So I feel like you got to kind of like ease yourself in, like you said, to be coming back to your relationship with yourself, because Mm -hmm. I mean, our bodies do hold memories and there is a lot of baggage there, like you said. And so I think it's really important to be gentle with ourselves while we're also trying to work on ourselves too. So...
1: Yeah. 1000%. And I'm actually really glad you brought up breath work because for the first five years of doing meditation, I could not do breath work because for me, it was really triggering Mm. for anxiety. Like I had this thing when I was little where I couldn't like be close to someone while they were breathing. Cause I would feel like I needed to match my breath with theirs. And then I would be controlling my breath and it would like freak me the fuck out. So like, I, and I've heard this from a lot of people who have CPTSD, Mm -hmm. like there's like not everyone, obviously. but like I really wanted to do breath work, and I thought that I was failing meditation because I couldn't do the hold in and breathe out for a certain amount of counts without freaking out. Um, so <laughs> so for me, meditation, the best way to start was just like like one minute. I had an Apple watch for a little bit, and yeah. like it would do like the one minute of breathing. I'm like paying attention to my breath. And that was like the way that I was able to start with it. But I can totally see how if someone was like, here's a deep meditation and you're like trying to do it, you're like, oh my God, what is this?
0: <laughs> Literally, like it was this like very nice lady who was doing that. And it was like, she was just saying like all these like really nice things, but it was just like, oh, like it was like 12 a.m. in my room. I'm like laying on my bed and I was like, oh, I feel like sobbing right now. So, you know, love my therapist, Beth, she, she, you know, we'll get there with her, but, um, but you know, the breath work thing is, is interesting too. I, my old therapist taught, taught me to do like belly breaths, which was really helpful for me in my anxiety. Cause like, it's funny when we're babies, we breathe through our bellies, but then as we're adults, we, we get anxiety. So we just start breathing through our chest. So we don't get enough um, air inside. So if I'm having like you know a really bad panic attack, I'll try to do my belly bra- my belly breaths because it just gets the air to my brain. But it's hard sometimes to sit and do breath work when you're so anxious because like your brain is just like going so quick. So I've also like kind of struggled with that too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's always been my feet that have calmed me down. Oh, I like- interesting because like my I neglected my feet for a long time and I was really self-conscious about my feet I'm six Mm -hmm. feet tall and like extremely bony Um, (laughs) and so I was always self-conscious about my feet Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of neglected them for a long time but when I started to come into like you know relationship with myself over the course of the past like 10 years I began to like notice that if I put lotion on my feet or like actually this is a weird story i lived in hawaii for a little bit um in a community that ended up becoming a cult and um i lived in a tent for a lot of it and something that we did before bed as a ritual was everyone kept baby wipes at the edge of their tent because the Mm -hmm. dirt was bright red and wherever you walked your feet and legs would be covered in bright red dirt Mm -hmm. so before bed we would put we would wipe our feet off and i would usually like put lotion and through this process i to realize that it was like a way of coming back to my body and like getting back to that sensation and in doing that my breath slowed down
0: oh that's really interesting i really like that because it kind of connects to what we were talking about earlier about like coming back to your body and then coming back to yourself and i think that really shows that everyone can kind of use different methods or techniques to really help them calm down Cause I also, I, I also put lotion on my feet and it's like kind of a calming practice. You're like, well, we're just taking care of ourselves, you know? So that's really nice. I like that.
1: Yeah. It's, I really think like, I have a big beef with like coaches and I don't see therapists doing this as much, but, um, because they're not as public, but a lot of coaches having like a method or a solution for someone else, because like. The more conversations I have about like any of this, the more it's like every person has come into a re- the relationship with themselves or life through a way that's worked for them. Yeah, And it's not really possible to like prescribe something that's that personal. You know, yeah. it's like there's there's a bajillion ways to be in a relationship. And if you're queer, you know this for real. <laughs> it's oh, just yes. like it's just not a like a straight thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, And that kind of that's what I like about you and like your brand too, is how you know, you're very open about like not being an expert or knowing the answers to everything. And I think that's a refreshing perspective for like a life coach or a self relationship coach to have, because it's literally impossible for us to literally have all the answers. So like, has this kind of perspective liberated you? um, in your work and just in your life as well.
1: Yeah. I'm a recovering, I don't know, control list. <laughs> what would you call that? Um, I, because of this, the like community that I was raised in mm-hmm. and, um, because of my mom's influence within this community, everything was black and white, which meant I had the answers. Mm-hmm. So I'm very judgmental by the way, that I was nurtured. I'm like, I have the answers. I know all the things. And the process of the past 10 or more years, I'm forgetting because I'm getting older, um, how long it's been. But because of through this journey, I've had to like let go of that very consciously. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And I really want to. And now I have a kid and I'm like, I want to control things for you and i want to know the answers for you and i don't mm-hmm. and so it's been this like initiation of letting go of things that i honestly never could have controlled to begin with and never could have known to begin with but i i had created a life of um ego safety for myself within a system that i i needed to have the answers in that space so i don't know if you're familiar with human design but um, my image design is really good at understanding systems, and mm. like I really understood the system that I grew up in very well, and it's been a it's been a bitch to like <laughs> untangle the the specifics and all of the ties to like looking at things black and white and looking at things in a very like I know it and I have the answers and. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know if you've seen from my profile. I'm bi, yeah. and I'm, I'm binary. Like it's like I, I've dissected all of these things <laughs> be, because it's just like I don't know shit. <laughs> yeah, literally. And and I don't think I don't think the wisdom in life or guidance in life comes from actually having an answer. Mm-hmm. It comes from being able to be with what is. It comes from being happy to be here, to be in this moment that's like really where the wisdom for your life and the wisdom for your practices and the guidance you need that's already inside of you is going to
0: come from yeah i think that's really great i also grew up in not like a super religious household but you know my mom was catholic my dad's lutheran and black and white thinking is just like how it runs their life and my mom you know uh, is very judgmental and my dad is too. And so it took a really long time for me to, and I'm still, you know, still unlearning that today, but I feel like that in realizing that that's just not the way the world works. If you mm-hmm. like black and white thinking just is not the way to, I feel like to live your life in like a way that's like makes you happy because everything has nuance in it, especially like you said, if you're queer or if you're non-binary, um, Cause like, I feel like, you know, you grow up in like a gender binary system of like, you're either a girl or you're a boy. And even sometimes in sexuality, even in like the nineties and early two thousands, it was kind of like, well, you're either straight or you're gay. And I think now as you know, scholarship and just like community uh, has come more into mainstream, we're starting to see that like, no, like actually sexuality is really fluid and same with like gender identity too. And I think even sometimes people even like to put like non binary into a category if that makes sense, like almost create a new binary because it's hard for people to unlearn that it's just like so separate. Um, And it's just its own thing, and I just think those are all really good points that you brought up and I you know I, I feel the same way i'm also non binary and. It's it's just like I feel like it kind of taught me that I have to just like let go, you know, of like you said, control and just like trying to put myself in boxes all the time because it's just like not it's just not going to make me happy, you know, to control myself all the time.
1: Yeah, isn't isn't that interesting? Like there's there's this like there's ego satisfied and happy and then there's like really satisfied and happy. And I feel like a system that you can understand, that you can put in boxes and check off. And when you can you can um, achieve the false certainty that you are understandable to other people, it it allows your ego to feel safe. Mm. When ultimately we can't actually ensure that we are understandable to other people, no matter what. Like we can try all we want, but underneath there is going to be us. And we are going to feel unseen or unhappy on a deep level yeah. so it's it's really like I see it as like letting go of the false notion that we're that we can control the perceptions of others and even our own perception.
0: I'm still working on it but I used to be a very big people pleaser and so, you know, realizing I was queer was very hard for me because I was like, <clears throat> there's people out there who want me dead, you know, who like don't think I deserve to live and like that I'm living a lie of this shit. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just have to like let go of this like um, desire for everyone to like me or to tolerate me because like I can't live. My life. I can't continue to live my life like just denying this part of myself and like having just people like like me more. It's like fuck mm. that, you know?
1: Yeah, because they don't like you. They like who you're pretending to be. Mm. And I actually, <laughs> I keep telling this story because it's so funny to me. Yeah. But I, I've been interviewed on a lot of podcasts this year. It's been my goal. It's been so much fun. I've always loved being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Like I like job interviews. Any kind of interview, I just fucking love it. Um, so I had this preliminary interview with someone who's in the UK, mm-hmm. and he gets on the call and he asks that we not have cameras on, and I was like, okay, like maybe he's walking or something. Yeah, he's like, how about you tell me a little bit about yourself, mm-hmm. and then I'll tell you about the podcast. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm like, I'm a life coach. I'm like queer. Blah 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 blah. blah click. And I was like, okay, maybe we got disconnected. I think he said he was walking. I contacted him. Nothing. No- <laughs> I was like, this guy hung up and blocked me. And Holy I, was, fuck. <laughs> I straight up laughed out loud because I was like, I am so proud of myself in this moment. Most of my life, I've been so vanilla. And I love vanilla, but with sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> and that like people couldn't see me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm so me that within one minute or less of a call people will hang up on me because they know I'm not for them mm. I'm like what a gift to actually be a person
0: <laughs> to be no. me that's awesome I mean I love the way that you that ha- that your perspective on that because I I feel like I struggle with that even sometimes still is like I'm so worried you know I'm gonna be like too much for people or like my personality fully comes through that I'll get, you know, rejected and stuff. And I feel like this podcast has really helped me like just kind of further come into myself. And I feel like, like you said, like, I'm just like so me. because when I started this show, I was like, this is truly me being like, you know, my voice matters. And I truly don't care if you don't like it or if you don't agree with me because this is just like me and it was really hard to kind of like let that go and you know there were some people from i'm 25 there were some people from my high school who like were like talking shit about it online and i was like you know what like fuck that if they don't like it like that's totally fine because i'm just gonna keep doing like my thing and i love my show and i feel like it's such a big part of me and I've gotten to meet like awesome people like you and other people too. And I always enjoy like listening and hearing like what other people have to say. And yeah, I just really appreciate you, you know, sharing all of that today. But like, fuck that dude, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And also bless him for saving us time. (laughs) I
0: mean, so true. That's so interesting. He like screened you beforehand.
1: He asked me to be on a podcast. I never reached out to him. I don't know what, I don't know what that is. (laughs) But I I want to say something about what you were just saying because I think sure. it's so important. I I deeply care about people and what they think and I feel it. And but what I what I've realized um coming from a, a deep um fear and one of my deep rooted um wounds of not being seen, mm-hmm. I've realized that the experience of being seen as me and meeting people who see me far outweighs the actual feeling of real rejection that Mm -hmm. I experience from other people. It's, it's just like when, when it happens, like, I'm just like, yeah, you see me. And that was so easy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't like that people don't like me. And I don't like that people hang up on me or are whatever. It's not a good feeling and actually get Getting to be seen, feels like, feels like it far outweighs that.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really good way to think about that too, because, um, rejection is something me and my therapist talk a lot about, and I think it's a very real fear for a lot of people too. And I think it's important to emphasize that, like, you know, there's, there's the risk of rejection, right. But like you said, there's also the risk of like being seen. And I think, for me now, you know, in my like journey and whatnot, being seen and like, you know, just trying to be me outweighs the fear, you know, of rejection because like, you know, it's really tiring and exhausting trying to like push yourself into this box or like kind of hide a little bit of who you are. It's just like not worth it. And I feel like sometimes it's like more harm than good
1: you know ah yes and I believe you're talking about something that's like at the fundamental core of humanity Mm. we all deeply want to be seen but the way that our society society presents is with deep fear of what we don't understand Mm. however like the queer community is like we're here and that's threatening to people who are hiding and who are trying to keep this facade but like confession hotlines and places where people anonymously come on podcasts and and places where people gather with just their community about a niche kink or whatever it is. Yeah. those places are crowded AF because people want to be seen desperately. Yeah. Our culture as a whole says it's not okay. and that's that narrative needs to die. And and queer people are in the face of it going like, fuck it all, we're here.
0: <laughs> I mean, so true. I feel like that was what was one of the best parts about like coming out and like finding community was just like finally being with like the cool, like, you know, people who are just truly themselves that I've just seen from afar for so many years or just like on TV and like whatnot and finally being like, you know, I'm like, I'm that too. Like, I'm just like here and I'm not going to like shrink myself down, you know? So I think, I think that's really good. And I think this is all really important discourse that they don't think always gets talked about because like you said, it's so like rooted in our society that like fear of rejection is like so important. We need to care about it all the time. So, yeah.
1: And that, that's so interesting because like because the fear of rejection is real, right? Like we, we do, we do, we do have a reason to fear it. Not always, but like genetically, evolutionarily, you get, you get kicked out of your tribe and your community and you're dead. And that's still actually true that like, uh, those rejected by our society do have worse lives. Like, I'm going to say that loosely because what the fuck is reality, but (laughs) But there is a real fear there because this does happen. It, there's just, we are a more connected community and we have more options now than we ever had. Yeah. We have access to more people who are similar to us so we can find those communities. But that like, that response of like, I'm in danger because I'm on the out is, a, is an understandable response to a perceived or real danger. Which if it's perceived to you, then you have every reason to feel it. And I think finding a community outside of that space of rejection, a, a community of safety, which for a lot of queers, it's not our families, um, finding a space where you can anchor back into like, oh, but I'm safe right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is is that space for us. But like, I don't want to discount the very real and valid fear, especially facing our queers to the south it's not it's not easy
0: yeah I think that's a really important uh perspective to bring in because yeah it's it's very not safe for some people to come out and especially with like poor trans people like in Florida and wherever in the south and especially like Tennessee and it's just like really I think heartbreaking to watch is like you know we're both in the community um and yeah so sometimes you gotta like do what you gotta do to survive um but you you also like grew up christian as you mentioned earlier so i think a lot of for a lot of queer people religion can also be hard and kind of linked to rejection as well so does your queerness kind of intersect with your current spirituality
1: yeah i mean you could say queerness is my spirituality um <laughs> I feel like I I I think I think being here is my spirituality and I've been talking about this for a couple years now just being present with what is feels like the most important practice that I can have and that includes honoring every bit of my humanity as it comes up for me including my queerness including my feelings my desires my needs all of those things in this moment, allowing this space to love me and for me to love it or accept it Mm -hmm. is what spirituality means to me right now.
0: Yeah. I think that's really great. I really like that. Um, I also just feel like my queerness has also just kind of like taught me, like you said, to be like, I'm valid and I'm here. I think growing up you know uh you know in religion and just like where i'm from like it's i was kind of taught to like not take up space and to just kind of like be in my own little bubble which i love love my little bubble but i think coming out really pushed me to just like really like radically accept myself because like it's hard to like hate yourself and also like you know, <laughs> come out, like you can do it. I've done it. But like, you know, it, it's it's just hard. And so I think after a while, like it just like starts to just really be like, no, like, I love this. Like, this is me. Mm-hmm. Um, My favorite drag queen, uh, one of them, Trixie Mattel said that in an episode of her show, she was like, every time I would say like, I'm gay, it was like jumping off a cliff, like just like kind of pushing, you know, because you're just like, you're trying to like, you know, show yourself, but you're also accepting yourself at the same time. And mm. so that's how I felt like it was like jumping off a cliff each time. And now it's just kind of like walking. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. It just is what it is. So.
1: Mm. I love that so much. There, there's so much, um, power in naming who you are. And I think it I think it goes beyond the label that you're giving, but rather the meaning that you give the label in the time that you express it.
0: Mm.
1: Saying that, announcing that in whatever way you do it is is a mini celebration of your existence.
0: That's so cute. Mini celebration. I <laughs> love that. Um, and you know, just continue to kind of speak on this as well uh we've already touched upon it but we're both you know non-binary um so was it challenging for you to kind of come to terms with that part of yourself or was it more like oh like this is just who i am yeah
1: so <laughs> because gender is whatever we want it to be so um true. i see myself as non-binary and a woman mm-hmm. um both of these identities feel like they fit woman by itself wasn't quite there together it feels like it makes sense to me um this was actually a fairly easy and liberating transition for me because it was barely anything it felt more just like putting on a jacket or taking a jacket off and was just like Mm -hmm. oh okay um I had a friend who came out and for a year we talked about it and like when they came out I was like that's so interesting and well, actually, this goes further back. Yeah. We had a conversation. I was still deeply in Christianity. And I had a conversation with a friend, my sister-in-law at the time. And she was like, do you feel like a woman? And I was like, sometimes. And then I was like, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel like a dude or maybe not a dude, but like something else. And it was just a really interesting conversation because then 10 years later, I'm talking with this friend that I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. And then I spent a day hanging out in my backyard. Um, and I just like laid on my bed and told my partner, I was like, I think they is the part of me that can't be defined. And the part of me that just defies every boundary that has ever been put on me. It's just like, no, but you will know me. You will know Christina. hmm and that's it. And so to me, it was like, yes, non-binary, because you can't fucking binary me.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I feel that one, too. Um, It's weird because I still don't really feel like a woman. I just I don't. But I feel like I'm still clinging to that a little, little bit still, because sometimes I do kind of feel like one a little bit. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I hear woman and I'm like, oh, that's like nails on chalkboard for me, but like, I, I agree. I think being, you know, identifying as like they, them is really like, no, like this is me. Like you really have to like radically accept me and think about me, like in this way, when you're talking to me, like you really have to like engage with like that part of me. And I feel like just for me, it felt right. And it still feels right. And I love when people refer to me as as they, and it doesn't always happen all the time because I do present more feminine. I try to present masculine. I wish I had a face like Grace Jones. I wish I was more androgynous, but I'm not. So I love when people refer to me as um they them. It just doesn't always happen all the time. But like you said, gender is like whatever we want it to be. And I feel having like she, they pronouns, I think kind of frees me from putting myself in a box Mm -hmm. and allows me to just like exist. Like, yeah, I'm non-binary. I'm also a little bit of a woman, sometimes depends on how I feel, you know? And I think that's really cool that you kind of also feel the same way, so.
1: Yeah, I like, I heard from my friend who had come out to me a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you need to know? before you met someone other than to just put some like of your own ideas onto that person like you don't actually need to know unless you're already going to make assumptions about them and that's that was just an interesting thought to me it's just like oh so if I'm like asking or wanting to know it's because I want to make assumptions about this person who I don't know which is like I guess in some instances might be necessary this is a dude (laughs) you know like a dude isn't just a man it's something else right yeah (laughs) um but like 99.9 percent of the time it's just like I actually don't need to know that
0: yeah I think that's really I think that's really a good point you know I think sometimes we can just like accept ambiguity and like that's just what it is
1: yeah yeah, like, I need to know who this person is, but it's, I would know that by talking with them or getting to know them, yeah. not by hearing a gender and then making assumptions. Bitches, Witches, and Queers is the best name ever. I am really happy about it.
0: <laughs> I love it. Personally, when I was, like, uh, found your profile and I saw that you had your own podcast, too, I was like, well, I love the name of this. So <laughs> probably gonna love it. Yeah, it's,
1: um... It's been a journey. The podcast actually started off being called uh, Religious Renegade, mm. um, and it was focused on interviewing people who had left religion. Um, I got bored with that uh, because I was just like, what are people doing now? And can we talk about like other things? So I switched it to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, and I've just been interviewing people on what their spirituality is now, like what they're like. And I don't know if you're familiar with the NPR podcast, Invisibilia, but they discuss all the invisible things that affect life. And I really think that spirituality is the same thing in my mind as like, I like talking with people about the invisible things that affect them and how that's shaped their life and what that means to them now. And it's sometimes just me, um, sometimes me interviewing amazing people, but
0: yeah.
1: I I really love it. And I- Highly recommend it.
0: Well, I mean, that sounds awesome. I really like the concept of invisible things affecting our lives because we don't really talk about them sometimes. And so I think that's really great. You have a show where that's where you do, you know? That's all I talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. Well, you guys should definitely go check out Christina's podcast, Bitches, Witches, and Queers. Um, And of course, my favorite part of the show So if you're new here, um, my favorite part of my show is when I have a new guest sign and I get to guess their zodiac sign. And um, Christina, I'm gonna guess Christina's sign. And I feel like I've been vibing really well with them. And so I'm feeling really good about my guests today. Um, Things that are coming through for me, right? I'm thinking air sign, I'm thinking earth somewhere. But I don't know, sometimes there, it's like all water. So I could be totally wrong. And I feel like I tend to guess <laughs> similar signs to myself sometimes. <laughs> but I'm feeling like Taurus rising with you. I am feeling that. I'm feeling Taurus rising. For your error sign, I'm trying to think of like our conversation today. See, now I'm kind of thinking maybe you're like a water sign. Like you could be maybe like a Cancer or you could be an air sign. You could be an Aquarius. I really think you also could be an Aquarius. Yeah, I actually might go with Aquarius sun. Moon, moon is always hard. Moon is like your personal emotions, you know, and it's really hard to guess moon signs when you first meet someone just because like, you know. It's just, we don't really let our emotions go. And um, it's kind of how you deal with different things. Um, I almost want to say, I almost do want to say Cancer Moon, but you could be, ai don't know about Libra Moon. I think we'll do, I think we will do, oh, could be, oh, you know what? I wonder if you have a Scorpio Moon. Yeah, those are my final answers. Okay, say them again. Okay. And keep in mind, everybody, could be completely wrong, but that's the best part of this. Um, Taurus rising, I'm gonna do Aquarius sun, and then Scorpio moon, those are my guesses. Okay, <gasps> I'm a
1: Libra rising.
0: <gasps> really? A li- Libra moon,
1: and a Taurus sun.
0: Holy fuck. So I did get the Taurus in there somewhere. You <gasps> did. You have a double Libra placement. That's really interesting. <gasps> there's there's
1: more Libra too.
0: <laughs> I'm a Libra. Oh, you could have guessed more like you. <laughs> no, I just, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want everyone to think that. I, I just think they're like me. Um, <laughs> But no, that's so interesting. I should have. I almost did Libra somewhere for you, but I was like, no, we're going to put the assumptions away. <gasps> That's so interesting, Christina. I like, okay, I'm liking the chart. It's a very good chart. Thanks. I made it myself. Sly. Um, Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Seriously, this has been a delight talking to you. And thank you so much too for, you know, sharing your journey and being vulnerable with me. Like, I really just appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been so fun speaking with you. (gasps) Yay. Um, well, I mean, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, so yeah, tune in next week and I'll see you guys later. Bye.